What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the LWE Podcast. This is LWE Lee Collins. First one we've done here in quite a few weeks, and so uh, excited to get back uh, doing some recording. We've got a couple of uh, good interviews coming your way here as we finish out 2021. But uh, really excited for this particular interview because uh, I get to talk with a young lady who is, has been quite busy lately and someone who I got a chance to get to know here this past year. Uh, it's Miss Sarah Davison, who is a founding member of the group High Road. And uh, we have had a conversation and interview with Kristen Bearfield, who's also a part of this group and uh, was always wanting to get in touch with Sarah because Sarah's kind of been there from the inception. So I wanted to kind of talk with her. And so uh, I want to welcome Sarah into the podcast. Hey, Sarah, how are you doing? Good morning, Lee. I'm doing great. It's so good to talk to you and get to be on here today. I know. It's, uh, it's, 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 I'm looking forward to having this conversation and catching up with you. Um, of course, it feels like I, I stay in pretty much random conversation with you guys because we had you guys come up to Grace UMC in Abbeville uh, back in yes. the spring. And then you guys are coming here in just a few weeks in December for Christmas worship service with us. So I'm super excited to get you guys back. We are so excited too. You know, it can't, I can't believe that Christmas is so close. I feel like this whole fall has just flown by. It is. And uh, just so you know, I don't know if you remember or, or, or not, but um, we're almost at a one year friendversary here because the first time <laughs> you and I talked on the phone was about around this time last year because we were getting ready for you guys to come. And right. you guys were actually supposed to come in January, but we kind of had a little uptick in COVID. So we had to. Yeah push it off and you know it's amazing how God's timing and seasons go um and little did we know that when you guys would come in May that that would kind of be a a very tough season for me and my family with my mom uh getting put in the hospital and eventually passing away so um I know I've told you this in private but I just tell you in public and, and on record just thank you guys so much for not only coming that day but also just being able to to minister to me and to uh, to give me to give me some extra fuel and faith to to kind of deal with that situation because that was a tough couple of weeks there after that but uh, yeah. I, I, I knew that God had you guys there for a reason so uh, absolutely that, that isn't it isn't it amazing that God will just orchestrate things like that and he he knows everything and he knows the timing of everything and I have no doubt that we were there with y'all that particular weekend you know for a reason. So I'm just glad that we got to be with you. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I've enjoyed getting to know you and Kristen and you guys have been awesome. And um, but uh, first thing right out of the gate, I got to ask you, you talk about how fast it is till Christmas gets here. But a lot of that is due to just being busy again. How awesome has it been to be out on the road, touring again, being all the places you guys have been this year when pretty much there was there was none of that last year. Right. Last year. Oh, my goodness. It was crazy. <laughs> we all we all crazy. had mental checkups, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> we did. We did. Um, I I remember last year thinking, what on earth am I going to do? Um, we had gone from having, you know, 70 something dates on the calendar and we had 13 in 2020. And so that year was really I mean, it's hard on everybody. And so this year, however, I feel like we made up for it. Um, it felt like everything went from zero to a hundred pretty fast this year. And, um, and we're very thankful for that. I'm not complaining. 
No, I mean you guys, um, you guys really kind of got cranked up and got back going, and I, I think uh, it was right toward the start of spring, uh, kind of the end of winter, where you guys were kind of kind of getting getting going back good, and then man, it just like kicked in the, the turbo, and now every time I look on social media, y'all are. <laughs> Y'all are in a different state, different church, different location, and and so obviously that's a that's a blessing just to be able to do that again because I know you guys enjoy getting out, ministering, traveling around, and serving, and uh, just have such a great ministry that you guys have with High Road. Well, it's really our heart is to get out to the people and to travel and see everybody, and I think that's one thing that we enjoy so much is not just seeing different parts of the country, but meeting so many people from different parts of the country and, um, and getting to minister to them. And, and so, so far this summer and fall has been wonderful. We've gone from Michigan to, you know, Georgia to North Carolina and Iowa and Missouri. So yeah, we're very, very grateful that our calendar has filled up. And um, so I hope it does it again next year, too. <laughs> that oh, would yeah, be definitely, definitely. And I think, um, you know, because you guys had a little bit of, um, I, th- I think you guys had a little bit of momentum going in because you had just released a, a new album. Uh, was it the end of 2019 or so and going into yes. 20? And then, so you guys never really got a chance to tour that album. Until, we never did. Like this year. No, <laughs> no. And that was a little bit disappointing because I know our first single went out in late January of uh, 2020 and it was like, great, we're going to have a great year. And then everything just shut down. Um, And so we, we really have only been touring that album this year, finally. And uh, which is crazy to think about. And now we're already talking about a new album at the first of the year. So um, yeah, it's, it's been kind of a whirlwind and I think everybody's in the same boat. So everybody understands, you know, when we say we recorded this, you know, almost two years ago, but it's brand new because we haven't gotten to sing any of these songs yet. So um, it's, it's been a really good year. And uh, the day I got saved, um, that was our single this last summer. And um, that song did really well for us. And I'm just grateful. You know, I'm so grateful that we have had a little bit of success off of an album that was pre-COVID. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, it, it really was a great album. And uh, I know I know a couple of kids here in uh, Casa de Collins who are looking forward to a new album to come out anytime now. So uh, <laughs> um, whenever you get ready to uh, announce that, let me know. So because they'll, they'll be fired up and ready to go. Oh, uh, well, that's great. Yeah, um, we can't wait. But they uh, but yeah, you talk about that. I mean, and, and I think this is where a lot of people kind of don't those people who are not familiar with the music industry, they don't understand kind of how the ins and outs of the music industry work, you know when you sign a record deal, when you go and record an album and you're doing songs, writing songs, using other people's songs and all that, it's kind of like twofold. You you have that end of it, but then the touring part is really kind of the, especially from a financial standpoint, that's really kind of what sustain you guys without, without touring. It really is just, it is a little bit more difficult to kind of function day to day, uh, you know, workings of, of, a, of a working active ministry. So I know that, you know, for you guys to be out as much as you have <clears throat> and being able to get more exposure this year, um, obviously, you know, you got, I know around here, you guys, the Life FM, they do a great job of playing your, your, your songs. And so I know you guys get a lot of exposure around here, but uh, it's got to be great when you can 
you can go through everything you went with with COVID and still know that you have a song that can kind of get out there and really touch right. because, because really radio and touring, that's, that's kind of like it. the, that's the tag team of the, of the music business. If, if you don't have strong radio and good touring, it's, it's kind of like, you kind of feel like you just like twiddling your fingers a little bit. Yep. You're exactly right. And, and when we don't tour, we don't sell CDs. And, and I've told people before, like if we sell a few CDs and t-shirts, like that's our cracker barrel, you know, that's our, that's our supper. So, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we're grateful that we get to go out and, you know, eat at Cracker Barrel now. So, <laughs> well, there you go. Hey, and shop the general store when you get in the shop. That's exactly right. Um, take me back a little bit to kind of your beginnings with the music. Uh, I guess the, the music passion, the passion to play music, sing, all the things that kind of got you involved and, and going into this, when you started this ministry, it's it's been uh, a few years back, and I know you guys have gone through, you've had some different um, ladies who've come and gone and stuff like that, but um, talk to me a little bit about kind of your your story getting into uh, to the music industry and just uh, kind of how things got going for you on this little journey called uh, life. <laughs> yeah, well, I grew up on a, a farm in southwest Iowa, and um, it's outside of a town called Brattyville, it's uh, 155 people or so. And um, my family has farmed forever um, since Iowa became a state. And I, I grew up there and got to be with the cows and the pigs and the dogs and the chickens <laughs> and all the old barn cats. And um, I grew up playing music. Really, I can't even remember starting. We had an old upright piano in our house and my dad is one of those that plays everything by ear and he would sit down and play it. And then I'd try to sit down and play it like him. And he'd hold me on his lap and put my hands on top of his while he played it. And uh, he would just teach me old country songs and old gospel songs. And, and so when I was four or five years old, I'd be sitting at the piano, picking out melodies by ear with one finger. And mom and dad were like, I think she really likes music. <laughs> so um, so I started playing and singing and, and dad and a couple of his friends who played the banjo and the guitar. And we, we started playing for little community functions. And that's how I grew up was playing at places like the Barn Door Opry and at church and, you know, the school fundraisers and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then I started piano lessons when I was in third grade. And, and so that way I could read and, I just always liked piano and, you know, I worked really, really hard and did all the things in high school that you could do. And I wanted to go to school for music. I knew that. And when uh, my senior year rolled around, we came down and visited. We actually visited Vanderbilt. And I was like, I don't know about this place. This doesn't seem quite like the fit that I'm wanting. And uh, one of the music teachers there, she said, I'm auditioning to Belmont. And I said, I've never heard of Belmont. And um, we walked across the street that same weekend and did a tour. And it was like, yep, this is where I want to go. Yeah. And uh, so I got into the piano program at Belmont. And I think there were four piano majors in my class that year. And um, I worked really hard <laughs> at school. Um, and I just loved it. I, I never really got homesick in college. I loved being down here. And and being just absolutely engulfed in all the things musical. And um, so I did an internship and 
ended up getting a job at a management company right after I graduated. And it was um, with George Strait. And so I worked for his management uh, for a while after college. And then I moved over to the publishing side of the music business. And during this time, I was on staff at a little church and um, doing the music there. Uh, and then traveling all over the place with different country people and just playing country music. Yeah. Um, and so when I got the opportunity to, to meet a couple of the girls that eventually were high road, we, we ended up, we were just jamming one night and we started playing old hymns and it was like, wow, I just really, really like this and I would love to do this. And so we booked ourselves at a couple very small churches and made a little homemade album and the rest is history <laughs> so it just kind of started from that and and then people started calling us to come play more for church functions and and it just got busier and busier and um and you're right so the the girl that i actually started high road with um she still lives in town but she's a stay-at-home mom and she's doing great and she's got four little babies and and so that's what God has placed in her life. And so I continued on with the girls that you see today. And, and so we've been together now for several years and gotten to write and travel and tour. And we've had so much fun and it's been such a blessing. Well, I mean, you guys have, you, you guys have been international too. I mean, you've, you've sailed across the, <laughs> the deep waters. We have. And, and, yeah, uh, over in Europe a, a little bit. So you guys and have gotten Canada. a lot of exposure out there um, in a short amount of time too. And yeah, um, I remember talking with Kristen and one of the things that I think is really cool about, about High Road in, in itself and what it is, is that you have... Um, you have these members who all bring something unique to the table with their talents and their gifts, but there's also the freedom to go out and do things on their own or with other people. And it's just, it, it's just kind of like a free flowing fluid kind of, it's, it's really kind of a, a ministry umbrella. It's like you guys come together, you do what you do together, but so much of what you do together kind of spreads out and you guys actually cover even more ground when you're out um, you know, playing for someone else or, or doing something solo wise or whatever. So that's got to be something cool. Is that something that you kind of saw early on or, I mean, cause you know, different times yeah. when you talk about, when you talk about groups, a lot of times people talk about the great thing about group is you get to travel with people and make good friends. The bad thing about groups is, is sometimes you, you, you have, you, you get tired of all the same voices talking. <laughs> so you <have> to, <laughs> You want some, you want some uh, well, relation, but you guys seem to kind of, if anything, you guys seem to benefit more from that because you're allowed to kind of get away and come back and it keeps everything fresh. Absolutely. Like that's one thing that I've always prayed for over the, the group is that um, as individuals, we are doing what we're called to do. And as a group, we're doing what we're called to do. Yeah. And if it means that, you know, one of us goes to play at the Opry one night, and we have to leave at 4 a.m. the next morning instead of the night before, so be it. Like, we're a team, and that's what we do. And so, yeah, there's lots of instances like that that have come up, you know, in the past, and I'm sure the future, where it's like, you know, well, one of us is off playing with, you know, I don't know, you know, Buddy Green and, you know, doing a Christmas tour with so-and-so, and, -so and 
yeah. and we'll fly that person back to get to a high road show. And that's just, I, I want that to be part of the group. I don't ever want there to be friction and like, you know, well, I've, I felt like I was called to do this, but I can't cause I'm in this group, you know, that's not yeah. of God, I don't think. And I don't think that that's um, really an attitude where the Holy spirit can reside um, just because there's so much freedom found in Christ. And so if we don't have freedom in the music that we do, you're right. It's not going to be fresh. It's going to just be stagnant and it's going to, it's going to suffocate. And, um, so yeah, I've, I've really prayed that over high road is that, you know, we all as individuals are doing what we're called to do and as a group. Well, and I think especially in gospel music, you can kind of get away with that more so in the secular world because secular world is, you know, maybe a little bit different in country because I know studio musicians and just background backup musicians and stuff are kind of common thread because there's a lot of people that play for a lot of different people, whether it's in the studio right. or on tours and stuff like that. But it seems like in gospel music, there is that freedom to kind of do other things and, and to be able to venture out and be, a, I mean, you just you know, you just got a chance to get up there on the stage for the double awards and play keyboards with the Isaacs. So, I mean, it's just like from one end to the other, you're still, be, you're still doing what you're doing, but you're, you're getting able to do things that um, you may not normally do if you were just tied down to one schedule and, and that was the only schedule, which I think is when you see all of these war stories about these rock and roll bands and these, these groups that just, end up hating each other for years right years. it's because they they had no freedom they were locked down into yeah. one thing and creatively i think you know it's like i can only imagine you guys working on a new album and songs here you've had a whole year of a pandemic so i imagine there was probably a, a lot of struggle being creative with other people and stuff because for, for a time you couldn't be with each other and then you don't know what really is going on personally with a lot of people and, and everything is changing and, you know, just conditions and workplaces and all this stuff. So I can imagine all the songs that are going into this new album have a lot of, uh, have a lot of spiritual, uh, spiritual fatigue on them because I imagine you guys have had to really kind of, you know, get anchored down and be reminded of, of what it is God's calling you guys to share. Yeah. I actually had a conversation with Kenna West the other day about, kind of something along the same lines is like when we go through suffering, it really provides a sense of worship that doesn't exist when you're not going through some kind of suffering. Right. And I, I know that sounds a little bit odd, but I've gotten to think about that the last couple of days since I talked to her. And I was like, you know what? That's very true. Um, when you go through trials and troubles, it really does create this sense of vulnerability to the Lord. And, and when you're writing those songs, you know, you can't help but bring that out. And so, um, I'm really, I'm, I'm anxious to get some new music done and get in the studio again here soon. And, and we'll definitely keep you posted. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's, the, that's the exciting thing. I know doing ministry myself, just sitting at home, knowing that I can't go and be with students on a Wednesday night and a Sunday night and you can't go to camps and you can't go to concerts. You can't do all the things that, that you do in a student ministry. I mean, I was about to go crazy. I think my wife was uh, ready to put me out on the back porch. Uh, <laughs> well, not just because I just, I'm a calendar, I'm a calendar person. I, I like keeping up with what's going on. I like having something to work towards. And, and so just, you know, just in the last week or so we're, we're fixing to start back our Wednesday night services. And to think that it's been almost, you know, 
almost a year and a half, two years doing Wednesday night stuff. I mean, it just gives you more appreciation for having it. And, for you know, because there were a lot of Wednesday nights when, when everything was normal, <laughs> quote unquote, yeah. where you would take a Wednesday night for granted or you just wouldn't be, you wouldn't be fired up to go to church on a Wednesday night or a Sunday night. And now it's like, I, I cherish every opportunity. I like having the break or two when you can, but man, I, I just cannot wait to, to be with these kids and, and to, to sew into them. And, and so I imagine when you guys got back out on the road uh, this year, that was, that was probably something that you kind of felt early on. I mean, I think, I think we were one of y'all's first stops uh, back out. Yes. And, about. and uh, so I imagine that had to be really refreshing spiritually speaking for you guys. Yes, absolutely. I remember that because we hadn't been doing hardly anything until that weekend. And it was refreshing, you know, like when you get back into the pattern and a routine that you feel very called (laughs) to do, it's like, oh, man, this feels real good. And yeah, I remember that about that that last spring. And so um, for a lot of reasons, I do think that God just orchestrated all of that together for that weekend. So you, you, we talked about, uh, I want to talk some more about the high road stuff here in just a minute, but I want to talk about just your opportunities because we talked about getting to, to play and singing with other artists and stuff who, for somebody who's listening to this for the first time, who has no idea about the, uh, the musical legacy and journey of Sarah Davidson throughout, uh, throughout music and stuff like that. Who are some of the artists that you have, kind of been associated with as far as playing with or working with that some folks might recognize? Well, I mean, country-wise, years ago, I played for Brett Eldridge when he first started and Chris Young and uh, Chris's mom and um, one of her friends, they still do my taxes and they're just the (laughs) kindest people ever. Um, And uh, so Chris Young, and then I, I played with a group called the Roy's, which they are pretty bluegrassy, um, but they used me for their country stuff. And we got to go on the George Jones uh, farewell tour as his opening act. And so that was pretty cool getting to be on the George Jones tour uh, up in Canada and New England yeah. for yeah. a little over a month. I was on a tour bus. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> And so it was just me and a bunch of old guys and I loved every minute of it. It was so much fun. Um, and so I did that and then, I don't know, I've played with, um, different, different country people and, um, Mark Wills, I've gotten to play some with him and I'm actually, you know, I I love playing with Mark. He is one of the most vocally consistent people I've ever sung harmonies with or played for. He is the nicest, kindest, most down to earth person. Um, just phenomenal. Um, and so, yeah, so different country artists like that. And then I've gotten to sit in with the hoppers and, you know, like do stuff with them. Um, Terry Bradshaw, which is so random. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Terry has played the Opry a couple of times and, uh, He's really good friends with Ben Isaacs and that whole circle. And so uh, I've gotten to play with Terry and, and that was a trip. Um, And then of course the Isaacs uh, at the Dove Awards, that was awesome. That was so much fun. And uh, lately it's been Emily Ann Roberts. She opened Blake Shelton on his tour last weekend. And um, I got to go with her and get to play keys and sing harmonies with her. And so she's doing great things. 
Yeah, she's been able to be with you guys um, for a lot of dates this year, too. Yes. And it just kind of goes back to that whole having having that fluid motion of the group where, you yes. know, you got you got moving parts, but everything is moving in the same direction, so to speak. Yeah. And yes. uh, and especially because you guys blend so well together and um you talked about, you know, talked about Emily Ann and you know, her coming from her experience on the voice and being able to kind of get out and she's kind she's kinda bouncing, you know, to both worlds too, doing the country and doing, you know, doing the gospel uh, right. as well. And then here we have Kenzie, who just uh, had a, a crazy cool um, platform on The Voice uh, the last couple of weeks and being on there with Kelly Clarkson. And so that I know for you guys and a lot of memories and, and miles that you guys have traveled, that had to make your heart feel really, really good to see her have that success and, and be able Absolutely. to get Absolutely. We are so proud of her. And so, I mean, it's just so neat to see her like chasing her dreams and I mean, doing her country stuff, she's always loved the classic country stuff, and she oh, is yeah. so good at singing it. And she did a little her own album this last um, May, April or May, and it's all just old honky tonk songs, at, like old Patsy Cline. And yeah, I mean, it's it's really cool. Um, and so to see her go do the voice, that's incredible, you know. And we were behind her a hundred percent on that. So. Yeah, we think it's so, so awesome. When you guys, um, and you talk about going and doing for these other artists and stuff like that, um, is there any kind of 411 to that? Because, I mean, you're not obviously around certain people and certain groups all the time like you are with your own group. So how is, is there some situations easier than others? Like it's like for the Devil Wars, for, I imagine that's kind of, that's a unique setup because that's a, that's a televised event. You know, it's a big scale kind of production. Um, I imagine that is a little bit kind of, you know, a little bit fast paced compared to just um, showing up somewhere on, on in downtown Nashville <laughs> on a Friday night with somebody. It is totally different. I mean, with bigger shows like the Blake Shelton show that we did and then like the Doves, everything was in-ears, like you had your packs. Everything was synchronized with video. And so you'd have a person saying in your ear, you know, countdown, one, two, (laughs) three, four. And it's it's a whole lot different than just showing up at, you know, Victory Baptist Church and, you know, (laughs) Like, barely hey, Todd, getting, hey, yeah, Todd, like barely getting the speakers to work. So. Yeah. It's like, hey, Todd, give me a little bit more in the monitor. You know, it's a little bit. Yeah, it's totally different. And yeah. um, and it's it's a little bit more nerve wracking. But I think as a musician, like you have to go with the flow no matter what. And the Opry, like you, that's plug and play. You don't get a sound check. You don't get a setup. And like a few weeks ago, I played it and I walked out and they always have the same keyboard sitting there on top of the grand for the organ patches. And I looked and I was like, this ain't the same keyboard. This Uh is a different keyboard, but there's no sound check. So I was like, well, hope the organ patch that is already in here is good. And you just go with it. And um, so, yeah, you have to really be versatile and like go with the flow. Yeah. um, When, when you get to the delicacies of, of sound and audio and, and then you didn't you throw it in video syncing too? I mean, good granny, that's good. yeah. <laughs> that could be a, a that could be a little bit on the mental strain too, just as much as the uh, 
you know, oh, absolutely. The, the, the function and strain of, of, of physically doing everything. But yeah, I mean, you, you get those opportunities and I mean, how cool is it to play up there at the Ryman? I mean, that's, that's gotta be it's pretty as, cool. As surreal of experiences you can have as a musician, especially, especially with, um, with all the history and stuff, but just in general, I mean, it's a cathedral into itself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it was a church first, um, and so when you walk in there, there is this sense of like the the sacredness of that place. And then you think about all the people that have played there and um, it's, it's a really, really cool experience. Uh, the backstage area is so small that you can hardly even get guests back there. That's why hardly anyone gets to hang backstage at the Ryman because it's so teeny. Yeah. Um, but the, the stage, when you walk out there and honestly, like I can... I can truly say like the sound in the Ryman is the best sound I've ever experienced. Um, it was amazing. So uh, I don't know, you know what you've heard, but some people say the Ryman is like as good as some of the Vienna Opry houses, you know, like in yeah. Europe. And I guess it's the way that it's built, but it's a really, really neat place to play. And um, just kind of as a reminder of who's gone before you and, and who's all played there before it's it's pretty special yeah i can imagine you know with the with the acoustics and everything that goes in there i mean it just it's got to be unbelievable because i know anytime i've ever heard a live recording from there uh done by somebody you know it just it just it just sounds it sounds very unique to itself and so uh, that's got to be a cool experience um now you talked about being a farm girl in in iowa (laughs) uh you know, this is totally random. So are you, are you one that looks forward to the cold weather or are you, <laughs> are you a advocate against the cold weather? How are you? Cause I mean, especially in Tennessee, it still gets cold or snow and stuff, Yeah, but I imagine not to the degree of Iowa. No, absolutely not to the degree of Iowa. I mean, the last several winters that I've gone home and gone out with dad to feed silage to the cows it'll be anywhere from five to ten below actual temperature and and uh I don't know when I was little I didn't think anything of it and we have a lot of wind too and that's one thing down here is we don't have any wind and when I go home and I step outside and it's you know 14 degrees and the wind chills three below I'm like wow I don't remember this (laughs) it's different (laughs) this is very different yeah but I actually kind of like it after a while. And, and I like all four seasons, honestly, like I just don't, I wouldn't want winter to last forever and I wouldn't want summer to last forever. Um, Cause it gets pretty hot up there too. It gets, you know, we didn't have air conditioning in our school and church. And, and so I know if it would get up above a hundred, we'd have to let school out cause oh, we couldn't sit there, you know? Um, and so we definitely get all four seasons up there. That's for sure. Well, here in South Carolina, you can get a day with all four seasons in one day. I mean, we've had a couple of those. <laughs> That's what I've noticed. This is, we, we've had a couple of those the last couple of weeks, and I, I love walking out to uh, to a nip in the air and, and chill factor, and um, just means uh, you know it's my favorite time of the my favorite time of the year with, with yeah, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And man, I'm just we've been praying so hard to have a have a have a better holiday season this year because last last Christmas we you know three-fifths of the family we had COVID so it was not yeah. fun at all and, um and everything that was going on so um you guys get a chance to 
um, go home pretty regular and stuff. I know you're out of Tennessee right now, but how often do you get to go back home? Well, I try to go home as often as I can. Uh, I can get a direct flight to Kansas City uh, on Southwest, and then we're 100 miles from there. And and so that's pretty easy um, to go up home and, and see everyone, even if it's just for you know, three or four days, I'll, I'll sneak up. And my, uh, my grandma Robbie is 94 and she is just as spunky as I'll get out. And, uh, <laughs> so I try to get home as often as I can just to go see her, um, as well as my mom and dad too. And, uh, all of us really do have strong connections to home and, yeah. um, you know, I'm very thankful for that. I think our home and our family are honestly, one of the most important things, you know, in our whole lives is, is our family and friends. And so, yeah, I hope this holiday season is a little different than last year. Um, and, you know, Christmas can be, you know, enjoyed by everybody, maybe a little bit more, because I know a lot of people were sick last year. Yeah. And uh, now, have you had COVID yet? Or you've been? been no, I have not uh, had it. I don't know if it's from the salt blocks that I licked as a kid, or I don't know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, I haven't had it. My parents haven't had it. Grandma hasn't had it. Yeah. And so we've avoided it so far. And, um, so I'm very thankful for that. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that with, uh, a, a, a decline across the country here, maybe we can keep it suppressed at least, uh, through the holidays, if not, because I mean, you know, getting out and about during, you know, during this time of year is such a big deal, you know? Yeah. From, from like taking the kids to get candy and stuff to, to family get togethers and stuff like that. And I just, I don't know. I just, I, I'm looking forward to hopefully having that sense of normalcy back. Um, and you guys, uh, what, what's something about, if somebody's listening to this podcast, what's something about Iowa and Iowa living that somebody should know about if they ever go to want to go visit Iowa, any part of Iowa? Cause I personally have not been to Iowa. So what, <laughs> is there, is there, is there a certain kind of, food style that's really great is there is, I mean a, we like to eat it's a lot of country right it's a lot of country like I don't think I don't think people really imagine how small the towns are and how many how many cornfields there are yeah um you know there were roads that you know driving on you'd go 20 or 30 miles without hitting a gas station anywhere <laughs> and um yeah I mean yeah it's just different living but the food is amazing. Everyone bakes pies and everyone eats steak and big old Iowa pork chops. And oh, our man. state fair is the biggest state fair in the U.S. So if you ever get a chance to go, you have to go. Oh, cool. That's awesome. And uh, how long have you been now in, in Tennessee, based out of Tennessee? Yeah, so I've been down here 19 years. Isn't that wow. crazy? Crazy, crazy. Yeah, nineteen you, years now. Do you ever have those uh, times when you just like to uh, to take a night or a weekend and just go to a lot of the places in downtown and just just sit and listen? Because I imagine just sit and listen yeah. is, is a little bit of a stress reliever too. <laughs> it is. I avoid Broadway because of the crowds. Um, that's very touristy down there. But I really like going out to Opryland. There's a couple of places out there that are like the old school country players. You know, there's there's players from um, Joe Diffie and, you know, Alan Jackson's band and they all get together and jam out there. And, cool. and so I'll go out there and I'll go to the station Inn, which is the bluegrass place. Those are really my two places I love to, to go. Um, and that's not where all the tourists go. <laughs> so well, I like, I like going there to listen. I remember 
um, the very first time that I ever went to Nashville, me and my brother, our family went, um, I think it was 1986 or so, maybe it was right, right after Opryland had opened up and there was also Twitty City up there. Oh yeah. Twitty had opened up a place up there and I remember us going up there and and whatnot and I really wish it would have been Teenage Lee that would have went over there during that time because Kid Lee just, you know, I went to Opryland thinking the year before we went to Disney World, right? So I remember thinking, oh, man, we're going to Opryland. This is going to be awesome. I was like, why do we have to go listen to somebody else sing all the time? And and now I look back at it and I look at those pictures and I'm thinking I would have, man, I would have enjoyed it 10 times more if older me would have went back to that time and and being able to appreciate it with everything that was going on, because there was a lot of music we took in on that little trip uh, just between those two places. But uh, I can imagine that uh, it's not hard to find a place to go <laughs> and and, uh, yeah. and hear somebody or, 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 or you know, hear, hear a good, good connection. Now you are also, you know, you're also very active in the local church too. You stay connected and invested yeah. that way. What are some of the things that you've been doing there? Well, I'm, I'm on staff still at the same church that, um, I worked at after college, uh, Grace Baptist church. And I lead the music there and help wherever they put me really. Um, but I, I orchestrate the Sunday morning services and the Wednesday nights and make sure all the musicians are there and they all have their charts and all the charts are right. And, uh, and just different things like that. And, and so, yeah, I'm very involved in my church. I love my church family and most of the folks there are honestly like family to me. Um, they're the kind of folks that if I was broken down on the side of the road, I've got plenty of my church family, you know, guys that I could call and, and, um, you know, go over to their houses and eat with them. And so I'm very, very grateful that I have such a good, you know, country church right outside of Nashville that I've belonged to for so long. Cause they're, they're really amazing. Now, do you guys, since you kind of do the music and stuff there, do you guys do any kind of like cantatas or musicals or anything like that during the Christmas season? Yeah. So this Christmas, we're just going to do, we're not going to do a musical, but we're going to do like a cantata and then the children's choir is going to do a concert. And so I've been organizing that and that's kind of like nailing jello to a tree when it comes to (laughs) preschoolers singing in a sanctuary but um me, hold on. it's I gotta, a lot of fun i gotta write that quote down nailing jello <laughs> to a tree because i i'm gonna steal that and use that at our church okay <laughs> but i will i'll make sure you get full credit for that that that's the truth though because you just oh yeah you never when know what's gonna happen to three-year-olds and you you know put them in a church sanctuary and you tell them to stand still yeah don't, i don't think don't so. pick your nose <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, but they're so cute. And, you know, when they start singing, your heart just kind of bursts. And so, yeah. um, but yeah, I really love being a part of my, my local church there. Well, I mean, we're, we're excited to have you guys come down in December to, uh, to share some, some Christmas music uh, with us. Do you have any, like, if you had, if you had you a go-to a list of Christmas songs just for your personal preference uh what, what are some of the christmas songs that that you love singing and playing uh during this time of year i love singing old christmas hymns um almost like advent carols and i love a lot of the yeah. celtic music too um some of those songs you know i love lo how a rose air blooming and i love uh of course oh holy night that's probably my favorite that's the go-to <laughs> that's the go-to yeah i love that song 
um, Once in Royal David City. That's a beautiful song. Um, so, yeah, I love all the old, old Christmas yeah. hymns. Yeah, I think um, I, I probably have at least 30 versions of Oh Holy Night on my yeah on my downloaded <laughs> I love it and I mean of course you got to go with the classic Bing Crosby Christmas and the Peanuts Christmas I love the Peanuts Christmas album so now do you have have you kind of um, retroed like other people and gone to the vinyls do you have any kind of vinyl collection at all do you listen I don't it? have a collection of the newer stuff I do have a collection of 1920s and 30s like Victrola records get out of here that's good and stuff. I'm like really into ragtime music yeah. um, and in fact uh, just a few weeks ago Ivy and I recorded a ragtime fiddle tunes CD and yeah. so we're hoping to have that out here in the next month or so, maybe before Christmas. Uh, but it's nothing but ragtime music. It sounds like a honky-tonk saloon from 1920. <laughs> it's, oh, man. It's really fun. We did Alabama Jubilee and Tiger Rag and Black and White Rag, um, just several old ragtime songs. So That is so cool. Um, well, I was sitting there thinking about it, and um, when I used to work, I worked at a Christian bookstore for many years, and – there were two albums that came out uh, in the nineties that I, I still love to listen to. Uh, one of them was a, just a hymns album, but another one was a Christmas and it was called Dixieland hymns and Dixieland Christmas. And yeah. um, I can't remember exactly who was, who was the artist that was in charge of it, but man, that is some, I, I love listening to that kind of style of music. I do too. It, it just, it just has its own, you know, it's like that in bluegrass, they stand alone. Like, you know, it's, it's, it is, a, it is what it is. It's nothing, you know, you can temper country, you can temper rock, you can do all a lot, but it's like that kind of jazz, ragtime, that stuff, that's just, it, it's there. It, it just, yeah, comes absolutely. It's so much fun to listen to. And there's a lot of musicianship too with that. I mean, kind of like with bluegrass. I mean, if you get enough pieces together, man, there's, there's all kind of fun that you can have with that. Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's so much fun. And really technical wise, like when, when it comes to the musicality of it, it's very hard to play technically. And yeah. like when Ivy and I were practicing, you know, this these ragtime songs, we were absolutely worn out at the end of rehearsing them because it was like, holy cow, my, my hands are tired. <laughs> you know, I've been doing stride left hand for four hours. And um, oh, man. yeah, it's a workout for sure. Well, it's, it's definitely good stuff, and we'll definitely look forward to that. You talk about Ivy. She's been one of those um, ladies that has come in and kind of helped you out this year. Man, she is super talented. How, how cool is that is to have her and, and just all the girls that have come in? Because like I said, everybody who's come in has, has brought something to the table and uh, with their experience and, and, and where they've been. But um, I, I love the mix that you guys have right now going. I do too. Ivy is one of the best fiddle players that I've ever heard. Honestly, she's incredible. And, um, you know, she's done the fiddle championships and the contests and things like that. And she's played for a lot of country people as well, but I just love having her around. She's so much fun to be around and she really is a team player too. Um, is there, is there a kind of album that you guys haven't done yet, or maybe even from your perspective, as far as like, um, I know, I know you have such a love for the old hymns and stuff like that. Um, is there ever, is there ever kind of that dream project or dream scenario of songs that you, that you would love to record someday that, that you haven't got to do yet? 
I would love to do a hymns album. Um, I would also really, really like to do a worship album. Oh, yeah. Um, that maybe would be live. And I know that it's complicated to do a live album, but I think it would be really cool to do a live worship album. So right. that's definitely in the goal house of High Road one of these days. All right, I'm gonna pitch an idea because you know you're used to getting pitches from people for songs and stuff like this. I'm gonna pitch an idea to you. I know several years ago, um, the group Third Day, one of my all-time favorite groups, they did yeah. two albums that were kind of half and half. It was half live, half studio. Maybe that's the maybe that might be a play there. You could do like a little bit of the hymns, a little bit of the worship, but you do a half. Yeah. And half. I just thought that was a really cool concept because nobody had done it like that before. Yeah, that's really like, cool kind of like half and half and I guess kind of cut into a little bit of the time needed because I imagine doing a live show you have to go around to a couple places to get a couple recordings because you're bound to have some technical difficulties at some point or another right right yeah no you're exactly right it's it's kind of hard it's not an easy task to do a live album but and um, uh, but we would love to do it when it's done right, it sounds really good. So that would be cool. I, I would definitely look forward to some of that stuff coming out. Um, now you talked about, you know, you guys are kind of working toward a new album. What are some of the things that you get else, anything else big that you guys have coming up here real soon with, with high road or, or with you personally, what you, what you got coming up here to finish out the year? Well, um, tonight I'm getting to play at the, the Opry with Mark. And then, uh, next week, uh, I'm playing with Emily Ann at the Graceland uh, Music Festival, and that's got lots of oh, really great groups there. The the Gospel yeah, Festival there, and um, and then after that, Hyrod's playing in Camden, Tennessee, at the Tennessee River Baptist Church, and um, then we're playing over towards Memphis for a women's event. And so, yeah, we've got several little things coming up that are exciting. That's cool. How has uh, the relationship been with with Daywind since you guys signed with them? Because I know that great. Um, I know that was that was kind of part of the deal. You you guys signed with them and had the new album come out with them, and um, they seem like they have always been a pretty pretty consistently good and strong uh, record label group. They are. They're really supportive of their artists, and they're um, very encouraging. And through like this whole COVID thing, they couldn't have been any better. Um, to stick by us and say, you know, like, we're going to get through this. Let's figure this out. And um, so they've been nothing but, but great to us. Is there, um, is there a particular song that you have written or performed or songs? I, I guess I could put a plural on it. Um, during, during what you've gone through this past year and a half and everything that's happened, is there anything that's really kind of meant more to you or spoke more to you now that, you kind of come through this pandemic situation and kind of getting back to some sort of normalcy. I know you guys get to, to do and sing a lot of different stuff, but uh, I was just curious, is there, was there anything that has really kind of anchored you down during this time? Yeah. I mean, the songs that we wrote for the album before COVID, we didn't really know what COVID even was, you know, when we were writing the songs. And so whenever we get to do one of those, it kind of resonates with me. I would say, Honestly, the song Nothing at All, uh, which is kind of an upbeat song, uh, whenever we get to sing that, it's like, you know, the verses say, you know, you can have all the silver and all the gold, all the treasures, but if you don't have Jesus, you don't have anything. And I think about the last, you know, year and a half or so, and it's like, yep, that is so true. And um, so I would, I would pick that song, honestly, out of all the songs that we've been doing lately. 
Um, if you had, I'm doing random questions here, so forgive me. If you had, um, if you had a random song that you have never recorded but you could cover, what would what would be one of those kind of songs that you would love to to cover? Um, that's out there that you love to listen to. Because I know. Well, people- right now I'm listening to CC Winans, and oh, I'm man, a huge fan of hers. Oh yeah. Uh, so pretty much anything that CC does, I would do in a heartbeat if I could sing it. And uh, <laughs> I also, I mean, we love Lauren Daigle and we love um, Elevation Worship. We love all of And so like my jam this week has been Jaira. I've been listening to that song over and over this week. Yeah. And I love that song. I love Goodness of God. And I love Believe for it. I like those songs a lot right now. That's good. Um, as we kind of wind up here and, and finish this thing up this morning, um, I just kind of wanted to, to get your perspective on, on just what you have really kind of taken away from this time as well, because obviously um, you can't go through what, what we've gone through this past year and a half and the adjustments and the different things that you've had to kind of sacrifice, even if it was temporarily um, as far as your personal growth, your personal walk with the Lord, what have been some of the things that, that the Lord's been kind of using in your life and, and showing you in, in this time that you've gone through? Well, I mean, this last year, it's made me realize that I truly can depend on God. Um, and I know that sounds kind of cliche in a way, but um, even through all of this, he's taking care of us more than we could have ever imagined. And provided work for us when we needed it and provided everything that we needed just at the right time. And, um, so going through this, you know, with the pandemic and everything, honestly, I think it's kind of been good in a way because we've realized our dependency on, on Jesus. Um, I hope that makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because you, you, you realize when you go through these kind of situations, um, especially with something that you've never gone through before and, and nobody has because every I think that was one of the unique things everybody was going through it together at the same time and nobody really knew what the path was going to be forward um and and so that I guess that had a lot to, to kind of do with it but I, I know for myself as well it's just learning to trust and you know I think one of the things I've learned is to take more time to be still and listen yeah so so many times we we chase, you know, we chase after things and we, we, we treat God and prayer time like a wish list for Santa Claus. You know, we just, we just, yeah. God, I need this. God, I want this. And instead of just listening and maybe seeing something that God's trying to show us, one area God's maybe wanting to, to let us go be connected to or a person or, I mean, you know, I think that's one of the cool things that I've been able to experience is kind of having a bigger spiritual radar. Does that make sense? Kind of being yeah. aware more so like if i have a conversation with somebody i treat it like the first and last conversation yeah you know make it because you can't take anything for granted now <laughs> it seems like you just don't ever know you yeah know, you're the, exactly right when those opportunities exactly are going right. to come so you, you have to make the most of it but i guess that's when you guys get back out on the road and have gotten to go down to these different places i, I imagine just seeing people ministering to people. I imagine that has been kind of filled your cup up really good. It has. And just feeling like it's kind of gotten back to normal in a way. Um, 
where we can at least visit with people and shake hands and, and talk, you know, I think people need people. And, uh, oh, definitely. When, when we don't have that, it's, it's strange. It's not normal. It's, um, it's definitely been something that I've, I've learned to not take for granted. We've, we've, we've lost a lot of people in our church family and, uh, we've had a tough year and, and, and stuff and other people I know have gone through a lot of loss. And I just, I just keep going back to, uh, you know, having God in our life as a refuge because you know, yeah. we all need that. We all need that place that we need. You know, everybody has a place they go. It could be a coffee shop. It could be the bedroom. It could be, you know, it could be the front porch. It could be, it could be out in a, in a, in a stall in Iowa somewhere and just having that one-on-one time with God. But you just, you just seek it out a little bit differently now than maybe before yeah. because it's, you feel like, man, there's just, there's so much more, I guess, transparency now. There's so much more that's clear. Right. Um, because you, you've had to make those adjustments. So I just know that it's awesome yeah. to see you guys so busy. That's, that's a prayer. And to see you guys out doing and, and serving and just uh, letting the Lord use you. I know that's just something that you're praying to continue to happen and, and to go forward through the rest of this year. Yeah, it really is. And uh, I'm so glad that I got to talk to you today and get to do this with you, Lee. So thanks for asking me. Well, I'll tell you what, I, it's a pleasure to call you a friend and uh, happy, happy friendversary to you um, from our first phone call from a year ago. So <laughs> yeah, and, it's crazy. Uh, looking forward to you guys coming in December and uh, hopefully I told Kristen, hopefully you guys won't have to necessarily come in on two wheels because you guys kind of had a packed weekend that weekend when you came last time. So maybe you we guys did. actually could kind of visit just a little bit before y'all have to, uh, to, to get out too quickly or, or come in too late or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, we that look forward to having great. you guys. And uh, Listen, if there's anything that we can do for you as a church or as a or as I can do for you as a brother and praying, just, just let us know. But I, I appreciate you. I appreciate your calling. I appreciate you giving your gifts and sharing them with others and, and doing kingdom work for the Lord. I mean, it's just an awesome thing. And uh, congratulations to everything that's happened so far. And you know what? I, I'll give the Lord a big thank you in advance for all the things to come because I know he's going to continue to bless you guys and, and use you guys in a big way. Oh, well, thank you, Lee. I really appreciate that. And I, I appreciate your encouragement so much and your prayers and, um, we're grateful for, for folks like you. And I'm so glad I got to talk to you today. I've enjoyed it. Listen, you have a great, great weekend. I mean, Hey, just, just, a, just a regular casual Friday at the Opry. I mean, no big deal. Nothing to get too excited about or anything. You know? That's right. That's right. <laughs> but that's awesome, Sarah. Listen, you take care of yourself. Tell the girls we said hello. And okay. we, look, we look forward to seeing y'all here in a couple of weeks. Sounds great. Thanks Lee. All right, that's Sarah Davison with the group High Road. Certainly enjoy talking with her and having a great conversation, getting to know a little bit about her life and her journey and music and uh, with the Lord and looking forward to them coming uh, here to Abbeville here in a couple of weeks. Hope you guys enjoyed this interview as well. You can uh, share it when it comes out and pass it along and hopefully bless some folks as well. Hope everyone has a safe, great week and uh, may the Lord keep you and protect you.